0: let's open in prayer. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to be here to learn from your word, to learn wisdom, to learn um, from your scriptures how you would have us to live, Lord. We pray that uh, this message would be clear and that um, we would have the wisdom to apply it and that it would be useful. And we thank you for your grace and amen. So today we're doing our third and final part of the mini-series we're doing called The Importance of Balance in Relationships. Uh, You know, the whole premise of the series is that as Christians, there are some areas where we tend to go to one extreme of a spectrum or another, and there's reason to think that either one could be biblical, but really we need balance. So that's what this series is about, and today we're going to be specifically looking at giving versus receiving. So I'm not just talking about, like, giving gifts, but in any relationship, there's an amount of give and an amount of take. There's giving and receiving in relationships. It doesn't have to be gifts. Well, it could be um, love, encouragement, help, support, time, etc. It could be anything. But in every relationship, there's giving and receiving. And um, it could be easy to think that, You know, we're Christians, we have to be loving, give, 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 all the time, that's all I should think about. Uh, But that's not a biblical way to think about it. Um, There should be balance. So we can go to the overview slide. Um, So some areas we're going to look at today are why both are biblically important, uh, the downfalls of being imbalanced, uh, how to have a good balance, and the importance of having boundaries. So first, let's look at why they're both biblically important. So let's start with, you know, loving and serving others. Why is that important? Why is it important to be giving in your relationships? Um, Let's look at Acts 20, verse 35. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's also look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let's look at uh, Romans 12, verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And lastly, let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 24. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So I think the Bible's pretty clear. I think most of us, you know, came here already getting that the Bible teaches that giving and serving and loving is important, right? Amen. But there's, there's another side of that. Receiving is also important. Um, my favorite verse about it, or a, a good one. Let's look at John thirteen six through eight. Jesus came to, um, so Jesus came to Simon Peter and said to him, and Simon said to him, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" Jesus answered and said to him, "What I am doing, you do not realize right now." but you will understand later. But Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So Peter didn't want to receive what Jesus had for him. We'll look into some reasons for why he didn't want to receive it in a bit, but Peter didn't want to receive it And Jesus didn't like that. Jesus wanted Peter to receive what Christ had for him. Let's look at Galatians uh, 6, 1 through 5. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. The reason I included this, it shows, you know, we need help from others. If you think about the logical implications of the verse, you know, not only should we be seeking to help those in the church who need it, but if you need help, you should receive it. Like, this isn't going to work very well if no, none of us are willing to receive help. I also want to look at Matthew 10, 5 through 11. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff. For the laborer deserves his wages. And whatever town or village you enter, find who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. This one's kind of an interesting one um, for our purposes because he, he, Jesus tells them to give without pay, and that is what he wants them to do. So it mentions his giving, but also you know, they were to go and not, like, pack a lot for their journey because God was going to provide for them through others. Jesus told them, you know, don't take all these extra things with you because the, the worker deserves his wages, his food. So God was going to provide for them through others, and they had to know that. And, you know, whatever town or village you enter, find who is worthy and stay there until you depart not just with food, but with shelter. God was going to provide for them through others. And lastly, I want to look at Philippians four fifteen uh, through 17. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and when I traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica with you, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. So uh, the Philippians gave a financial gift to Paul to support him in his ministry. But one thing that we're going to touch a bit more on later It was, you know, kind of Paul to receive their um, gift in some sense. Paul was glad that they gave him the gift, not for his own sake, but for their sake. You know, he says at the end of the verse, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. He wanted to receive the gift, and he wanted it for their sakes, not for His. So, um, sometimes when we become imbalanced, it can be easy to get caught up in, oh, it's, I just have to focus on what I can do for others, what I can do for others, what I can do for others. But if we, if we end up like that, we'll be imbalanced, and um, there will be some downfalls from that. So, the next thing we're going to look at, the downfalls of being imbalanced. So for the first section, you know, the downfalls of being imbalanced, erring towards not giving or not being much of a giver in your relationships, not focusing on serving others. What are the problems with that? Number one, you're probably being unloving. If in most of your relationships you don't have any focus on giving or serving the other person, you're ignoring Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Let's read it again, even though we just read it. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Christianity has to become practical. Like, if if in our relationships we're not more focused on giving than we are on receiving, then this isn't real to us. We're just ignoring it. and we're not really loving others. If we're rarely focused on serving others, we don't actually love others. Let's look at uh, 1 John three sixteen through 18. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. Love has to be practical or else it isn't real. So that's the first, you know, downside of not having any sort of focus on giving or serving in your relationships is it's not loving. That's not good. Second downside of not giving or never giving is that it can be a burden to others in your relationships if in all your relationships you just take and you don't give. If in most of her relationships, you take more than you give, that adds up and it creates burden on other people. Similar to that, I did want to mention, um, let's look at 1 Timothy five sixteen. If any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened so that it may assist those who are actually widows. So Paul is saying, you know, if anyone in the church, you know, has a widow and they're capable of supporting them, like a widow in their family, and they don't do anything about it, they're allowing the church to be burdened. If they have family members who are capable of helping them, then they ought to help. But if all we do is receive and... If all we do is take in relationships and we don't aim to give more than we take, or if we don't aim to give at all, that creates burden for others, and that's not good. We should have a problem with that. The third downside of being imbalanced and of taking more than we give in relationships is our relationships won't be as good. If in most of our relationships we take more than we give, they won't be as good. You know, people don't really enjoy that. If you um, have a spouse or a significant other and you're always thinking about what they can do for you, they're not going to enjoy that very much. Or if you have friends, if you have a roommate, and all you think about is whether or not they're, you know, a good roommate to you, and you don't think about how you can serve them, that gets old. They're not going to enjoy that very much. And it is going to affect your relationship with them. Not just that. I mean, if you have no focus on serving and what you can do for others, then you don't love others. And love makes relationships closer. So you're missing out on that. look at Proverbs 18 verse 16. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. You know, being focused on serving others really does improve relationships. But if if we take more than we give most of the time, then, you know, that's not really making room for us. But it doesn't have to be a competition. It's not like there's only so much giving or serving that can be done. There's, you know, plenty of giving and serving we can all do. But let's look at the downfalls of not receiving, because that's the one that might be easy to, uh, to not really think about. So the first downfall, I would say, of, like, not receiving or not being willing to receive um, is pride, You know, that was Peter's issue. Peter did not want Christ to wash his feet, and it was pride. Pride will cause you to not want to receive or accept help from others. If you're usually uncomfortable with receiving things from others, there's a good chance that that's a sign of pride. Pride doesn't want to need help from others. Pride wants to be independent. I don't need others. I got this. I run the show. I can do the whole thing myself. I don't need others because I'm so cool. You know, that's what our flesh wants us to think. But God designed us to need others. And we'll get to that more in a sec. But the biggest problem with not being willing to receive things Like, if you are uncomfortable with receiving things, you really need to consider, like, what's causing that? Because it's almost certainly pride. Paul didn't feel that way. Paul didn't tell the Philippians, oh, you shouldn't have. (laughs) I'm good. I don't need this money. I've learned to be content in all things. He did learn to be content in all things, but he was glad for their sake that they gave him the gift. Sometimes I think, you know, out of ignorance and misunderstanding, we tend to think we're being humble and say, oh no, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have done anything nice for me. You shouldn't have gotten me this. You shouldn't have served me. But that's, that's really coming out of pride. That's not coming out of humility. Pride is what Makes people not want to receive things. Second downside of not being willing to receive, or um, you know, not willing to accept things, is it's not caring about the growth of others. So we should be loving others, and we should be focused on them. But part of being loving to others and being focused on you know their best interest is caring about their spiritual growth. And guess what? It's good for people to give and serve. Don't just think about your own growth. You should think about your own growth, probably more so than you think about others' growth. But, you know, if you really love others, you're going to think about whether or not they're growing because that's in their best interest. If you love someone, you have to care about their best interest. The third downside of not being willing to receive is it's ignoring God's design for the church. God designed the church to be interdependent. Let's look at a few verses that show that. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's, that makes it sound like we don't need each other, right? No. No. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God designed the church to be interdependent. Let's look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Part of the problem with not being willing to receive from others is that You think that this was only told to you. You think that 1 Peter 4.10 only applies to you and not to others. That's pretty self-centered. God didn't just tell you to serve others. He told everyone in the church to serve others. So if you have a problem receiving things from others in the church, receiving help from others, that's pretty self-centered. God designed the church to be interdependent. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 19 through 21. If the whole body were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. So it's very clear, like no one in the church can say, I don't, I don't need the other members of the church. We all need each other, and God designed it that way. God wanted it that way. God has the power to design anything however he wants. God wanted the church to be this way. God wants the church to be interdependent. It's his design for the church. But, you know, um, in our hearts, because of pride, we often don't, we wish we didn't need each other because of pride. And that's wrong. When we feel like, oh, I wish I didn't need them, I wish I could do it myself, we might not say that out loud, but it's easy to feel that way. But that's pride. And that's ignoring God's design for the church. If God designed something a certain way, it's good that way. God only designs things good. And God designed the church to be interdependent. So God made you to need others, and you need to learn to accept that. And if you can't accept that, then it's pride. Pride. If we can't accept help from others, we're rejecting God's design for the church. The next uh, downside of not being willing to receive is uh, not allowing others to experience the blessings of giving and serving. So, you know, giving and serving is good for people. It's good for others. It's good for us. Giving and serving is good for people. Um, and being able to give and serve is a blessing and a privilege. It's a joy and a privilege to be able to be a part of, you know, the work of God's kingdom. Not only is it a privilege and a joy, but God rewards our giving and serving. But if we never allow others to help us, if we never allow others to serve us or to give, we're holding them back from the blessing and privilege of it, and that's unloving. That's self-centered. We can all give and serve. Guess what? There's plenty to do. If you work as a servant, you won't be running out of a job anytime soon. And we all are called to be servants. Let's look at that verse one more time. That Philippians 4, 15 through 17. As you know, you Philippians were the only one who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and when I traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. And I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I just want us to get the point, like, when others give to us or help us or serve us, and we get tempted to respond with, oh, you shouldn't have, you know, that's not biblical. It's self-centered to only be thinking about, uh, to not allow others to serve us is self-centered, if that's what they want to do. The final downfall of not being willing to receive from others is you might not have the resources you actually need. You know, when Christ sent out the 12, um, His plan to provide for them was through other people. Can you imagine if they went out and, you know, it's been a long day's work and somebody comes and offers them food? Oh, no, you shouldn't have. I'm fine. They also need a place to stay. Someone offers them. Oh, no, you shouldn't have. I'm fine. Now they have no food and no place to stay. If we regularly turn down help from others, we might be ignoring God's provision. Because God often provides through others. And if that's how God's providing and we reject it, we are rejecting God's provision and we won't have what we need. So, the next part I want to talk about how to have a good balance. Because that's what this is about balance. How do you have a good balance? Well, I've got a few ideas that might help. Number one, regularly think about how you can serve and bless others. So, um, you know, it's easy to be imbalanced in this. But overall, even though uh, it can be easy to fall into the issue of not being willing to receive help from others, more of us struggle with not giving in relationships. More of us struggle with, like, wanting others to serve us and being self-centered in that way. Not giving and not receiving are both self-centered, but more of us struggle with just not giving, not uh, wanting to focus on serving others and how we can help them. But regularly thinking about how you can serve others is a good way to make sure you're actually being loving. You know, when when you take the time to think about What is in this person's best interest, and what can I do to help them? It does something in your heart. The more time you spend thinking about what you can do for others, it affects you. It affects your heart. Also, thinking about what you can do to serve others is a good way to know what you can do, or to find out what you can do to serve others if we spend time thinking about it, it'll probably make us better at actually serving others. I think it's worth it, um, you know, to sometimes take a few minutes in your day, think about, you know, what can I do to serve others around me? What can I do that would be good for them? And just write down a few ideas and try to do them. It's a good down-to-earth, easy-to-implement, practical way to practice love. If you never spend time thinking about what you can do for others, do you really even love them? How can you claim you care about their best interest if you never even spend time thinking about what their best interest is? If I care about something, I think about it. I find it hard to never think about something that I care about. If you never spend time thinking about what actually is in other people's best interests, you can't really claim that you care about their best interests. All right, next tip for um, how to have a good balance. I call this one aim for a 60-40 split. So let me explain that. There's an idea that in the best relationships, both people do 60% of the giving. And I think that's true. How does that work? That doesn't add up. That's not 100%. But if you were to have a relationship where it actually was 50-50, you'd probably think that you did 60 that's how that works. Because <laughs> we all tend to, you know, we live life from our own heads. We, we see life from our own eyes, and that's not wrong. But we have to kind of adjust for that. We have to take that into account. We have to realize that we're biased and recalculate. If you have a relationship where both people are giving 60%, that's probably pretty balanced. But the other reason that it's good to aim to give 60%, at least 60%, um, it, you know, that fits real well with Romans 12.10. Let's look at Romans 12.10 again. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So it's not a competition in the sense of, like, there's only so much serving or giving to be done. There's plenty of serving and giving to be done. We're not going to reach the day where, like, everybody has everything they need. There's nothing left we can do to help others. (laughs) That's not going to happen. But it says outdo one another in showing honor. We should seek to outdo one another in serving each other. We should seek to give more than we take in relationships. It's the only logical way to apply that. Outdo one another in showing honor. We should seek to give more than we take. That also fits with what we read in Philippians about, you know, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Seek to give more than you take. One thing I think that is interesting about the you know, regard one another as more important than yourselves, um, you know, that doesn't mean you have to intellectually think everybody else is better than me because that would be a logical contradiction because, you know, we're all ter- told to think or to regard each other as more important than ourselves, but it's an attitude thing. And that involves seeking to give more than you take. Third way uh, to seek to have a good balance. Be willing to ask for help when you need it. So we all need help. Everybody needs help. Don't feel bad about it. It can be tempting out of pride to, you know, feel bad and shameful over needing help. Everybody needs help. Don't ignore God's design for the church. God designed the church to be interdependent. The eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The head can't say to the hand, I don't need you. We need other people, so don't feel bad about it. God designed you that way. It's not a flaw. He made you that way because he wanted you that way. If you're not willing to ask for help when you need it, that's pride. Just, that's pride. And if this is something you struggle with, the best way to fight against it, the best way to deal with it is to just ask. Just ask someone for help with what you need help in. That's the best thing you can do to fight against the pride. Fourth thing we can do to pursue having a good balance. Be willing to accept help when others offer it. I mean, this is basically the same thing as the third one. But, um, you know, it, we can be tempted out of pride to not accept help when others offer it. But the best way to fight against that pride is to accept help from others. Should have brought more coffee. Should I get you another? Nah, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, I guess I'm not accepting help. (laughs) (laughs) You can if you want to. (laughs) 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 Got to practice what you preach. (laughs) I just have to make sure I'm not too caffeinated, though. All right. Uh, The next thing I wanted to talk about is the importance of having boundaries. Um, So let me explain what I mean by that. Um, Helping people is good, and we should seek to help people. But occasionally there's times where there's a good reason to not help someone, or not help someone in a certain way. So uh, I've got like three reasons for that. The first one is sometimes when helping others, we might be enabling them. And I don't mean enabling them like a positive way, like enabling them to reach their potential. I mean like being an enabler. Let's look at Second uh, Thessalonians 3.10. I love Second Thessalonians 3.10. If I can find it. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, he is not to eat either. It's pretty straightforward. If somebody's not willing to work, if someone's capable of working, fully capable, and we're seeking to help them by enabling them to continue not working, that's unloving. That is unkind. Helping people to avoid responsibility is not actually helpful. We do want to help others, but helping others to avoid responsibility is not actually helpful. Because responsibility is good for people. So that's the first reason, enabling others. We don't want to be enabling others. The second reason why sometimes it might not be good to help people in a certain situation is we might be ignoring our own responsibilities. And we don't want to get to the point where we're doing that. Let's look at Romans 13, 7 and 8. Pay all to what is owed them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves has fulfilled the law. So, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, Short-term investment debt can be good, but, you know, we shouldn't just have debt. Um, And when we do have debt, we have a responsibility to pay it off. But if we're helping others, you know, say somebody else um, could use money for this, that, and the other but we have a responsibility to pay off our own debts, and we're neglecting that to help others, then we're ignoring our own responsibilities. And that's not good. We have responsibilities, and we have to fulfill those responsibilities. That's like the whole point of what a responsibility is. But if we're ignoring our responsibilities to help others, that's a problem. The third thing um, that can come from having no boundaries or just helping all the time, even when it might not be good, getting burnt out. Let's look at Mark 6, 30 and 32, through 32. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And when they went to the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So people were coming to them, you know, to receive supernatural healing. You know, that's fulfilling a real need that other people have. That was very helpful to others. They were helping a lot of people. But they were so busy with it, there were so many people coming for help, that they didn't even have time enough to take a break to eat something. The implication of this is there were more people who still would have been coming. They had to at least have stopped helping a few people to step away for the break. We don't want to be helping so much that we're burning ourselves out. Because eventually, you won't be helping others if you get burnt out. Jesus had the disciples step away from helping others to take a break that they needed. And if Jesus told them to do it, it wasn't wrong, it wasn't unloving, it wasn't unbiblical. God promised to give you the strength to do what he called you to do, but he never promised to give you enough strength to do a bunch of things he didn't call you to do. And he didn't call you to do everything. Another one that I kind of don't have on here, um, sometimes if we always help others every time they ask something of us all the time, that can lead to bitterness, So, we should be willing to serve others. We should want to serve others. But if when people ask you for things, you don't have the ability to say no, that's a problem. That's letting other people control you. If we're unwilling to say no when others ask for help, when it might not actually be a good idea to help them, And if we're always say yes, sometimes that can lead to bitterness. If you don't have the inner strength to tell people no, and they ask you for things you wish they didn't ask you for, and you don't say no, you're probably going to get bitter at them sooner or later. You should be able to say no. Because sometimes, you know, It's not a good time to help someone else. Jesus told the disciples to step away and take a break. But anyways, um, next section, how to to practice having good boundaries. Number one, take care of your own responsibilities first. Let's look at a, a related verse or passage, Matthew 15, 1 through 8. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or mother what I would have gained... um, what you would have gained from me, so like taking care of their parents in old age, is given to God. He need not honor his father and mother. So for the sake of tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So they had a practice, the Pharisees and scribes in that day had a practice of ignoring their responsibility that God gave them to take care of their parents in their old age. That's part of honoring your father and mother. If they're no longer able to work in their old age, part of honoring your father and mother means taking care of them. But they had a practice of, nope, I'm just going to give money to God. Sorry, I can't take care of you. guess you're going to go hungry. You know, that's, that's pretty unloving. But when God gives you a responsibility, you need to take care of that responsibility. And we're to take care of our responsibilities first. You can't ignore your own responsibilities just to help others with their responsibilities. Part of being balanced and having good boundaries, you've got to take care of your own responsibilities first. Don't neglect your own job just to help someone else with their job. If you do that at work, your boss won't be too happy about that. Your boss might be happy that you're helping your coworker, but your boss didn't hire you to do your coworker's job. Your boss hired you to do your job. Uh, Second point on having good boundaries. Don't enable others. If someone's asking you to help them in some way, you might want to ask yourself, if I help them with this, will that actually be good for them? In general, it probably is a number of times, but you know, it's not always good to help others. You don't want to be helping others avoid responsibility. If you have a a child and they want you to help them with their homework or tutor them with their homework, that's good. That's loving. That's helpful. If they're asking you to do their homework for them, that's not helpful. You're going to be raising them to be incompetent. If someone asks you to bail them, bail them out of trouble every time they get into trouble, ultimately that becomes unhelpful. They've double-booked themselves for the fifth time this month and they want you to work their shift again. You should probably say no. No. Sometimes you have to let people suffer the consequences of their choices. Because that's how people learn. That's how we learn. There's things you can look back that you wouldn't have learned if you didn't suffer consequences. If you have a coworker, you know they've double booked for the fifth time and they need you to work their shift again. If you do it, they're probably gonna double book themselves again. <laughs> People need consequences in order to learn. That's how we learn. Sometimes you have to let people suffer consequences of their choices. So don't enable others. You know, if people are asking for help, it might be good to think about, is this actually helpful for them? Third point, how to have good boundaries. Help others as you can, but prioritize So, you know, we only have so much time in the day, we only have so much resources, we can only do so much to help others. So we need to prioritize. You need to think about opportunity cost. Every time uh, you say yes to something, whether or not you realize it, you're saying no to something else. Opportunity cost is a thing. You only have so much time in the day, and when you use it on one thing, it's not available for other things. And we need to take that into account when choosing how we're serving others. Uh, fourth thing, fourth, fourth point of, you know, how to have good boundaries. If someone asks you for help or for something and it doesn't work well for you, maybe respond with a better suggestion. It doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer. You could respond with a, a suggestion. You know, maybe they can ask someone else. Sometimes people ask me for help with babysitting I often say yes, but sometimes I say, um, why don't you ask so-and-so? I think they're free this evening and I think they'd love to. Or sometimes um, someone will ask for help with something and you might want to suggest a different time. Sometimes people want to meet with me to talk about something and I'll have to respond, I'd like to meet with you and to help, but I'm busy tonight. How about next week? You don't always have to respond to yes or no with yes or no when people ask for help. Sometimes you might want to respond with a better suggestion. Could be suggesting they ask someone else. Could be suggesting a different time. Could be suggesting a different circumstance. Maybe suggesting a different arrangement that works better for both of you. Back when I lived with Sydney, um, he wanted—he was asking me if I'd. Um, you know, help with raking the leaves, and he would pay me. But um, I was busy enough that I didn't really have time to, but instead of just saying no, I suggested, well, if you paid me this much, it would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Sidney is very generous. And then we raked the leaves. <laughs> Sometimes you should respond with a suggestion that would work better for both of you. It was worth it to Sydney. He didn't, didn't want to rake the lead. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, in conclusion, we, we need to examine ourselves. There's three areas I want us to examine ourselves in. Number one do you really give in relationships? Do you actually aim to give more than you receive? Examine yourself, think about it. Do I actually aim to give more than I receive? If not, you know think about what you can do to change that. This is a more common issue, uh, is not aiming to give more than you receive. Second area I want us to examine ourselves in: Do you allow others to help you when you need it? As we saw earlier, it's loving to allow others to serve. If we don't allow others to serve, we might think we're being humble and we're being caring about them, but we're really just being self-centered. Again, Paul didn't respond to the Philippians, Oh, you shouldn't have. Last area I want us to examine ourselves in. Do we help others when we shouldn't? Are we enabling others? Are we ignoring our own responsibilities? Are we burning ourselves out and not taking time to rest that we need? Anyways, let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can learn from your word. Thank you for the wisdom that you give us, Lord. Thank you for giving us the wisdom to have balance. We pray that we would apply this wisdom and we would have balance. We pray that we would love and serve and focus on others. And we pray that we would also allow others to serve us. Uh, We pray that you'd give us wisdom and that you'd make us effective. And we thank you for your grace and amen.